Chapter 36 Thieves Gold Ronan and Leah left the she sleeping in the cabin and sat on the deck of a ship that had been built many centuries ago in a world that both was and was not their own. Leah felt that the fog that had befuddled her since she came to Ildahach was lifting. Waves lapped against the broken hull and the night was full of stars. I've been here two weeks, she said. Being surrounded by water makes it easier to keep track of things. Ronan gazed up at the starry sky. The she are wonderful astronomers. They know as much as we do, only without equipment, and none of it is written down. You're going to stay, she said. It wasn't a question. Yes, said Ronan simply. I'm with Foylon now. The worry that had been lurking at the back of Leah's mind rose like a bubble and burst. What are we going to do about Mam and Da? They'll be lost without you. Ronan wrapped his arms around his knees. His mind was clearer now that he was on the ship, but his anxiety was returning. I miss them too, but I don't miss Mountain View Road like I thought I would, and I really don't miss work. I did at first, but I wouldn't go back to it now. I'll find something to do here when everything settles down, but it's not going to be the same because there aren't any buildings, and anyway, I'm different. A damp sea wind came with the rising tide, brushing their skin with salt. You may have changed, Leah thought, but you haven't changed that much. She had forgotten how frustrating her brother was, sometimes heroic, sometimes fragile and completely incapable of dealing with more than one thing at a time. I will see Mam and Da as soon as I can. The she can't live in our world, but I think we can visit. Or maybe they could come here. Ronan's hands were stimming. Leah tried to imagine the parents lawless in Ildahach. Could be difficult for them, Ro, but you're right. There will be a way of fixing it, we just can't see it yet. Foylon and I need to be alone together for as long as it takes. Is he going to be okay? He'll be fine. His brothers don't really trust me yet, but I know Foylon. I don't know how else to say it. I've never been that close to a human. Me neither, said Leah sadly. How much do you think the gender thing is going to bother them? I mean, I know what you went through with Mam. She still hasn't got her head around it. But you're the son who can do no wrong. Anyway, I reckon that the alien thing takes the heat off the gender thing. And Foylon will win them over in a heartbeat. Mam's not going to like the idea of him. But once she actually meets him, it'll be grand. Ronan's expression lightened. Isn't he a gem? Here's the thing, though. I've been here two years already. I know I'm going to be fine, but it leaves you carrying everything. It does, said Leah, but you carried the whole family for years. You looked after Mum and Dad when I was away, and when I couldn't hack it anymore, you brought me home and sorted me out with a job. You worked your arse off and held it together for everyone, even though you're barely fit for the real world yourself. So now it's my turn. 
He reached across the deck and squeezed her hand. Anyway, Leah continued, all that shiny celebrity stuff wasn't making you happy. Ronan cast his mind back over decades of strain and strategy, and all that was required for the neurologically different to fit into a normative world. I was fucking miserable, he admitted. It's different in Ildahak, isn't it? You don't have to try so hard. It's getting easier all the time. I miss going for afternoon pints with Trev, but I don't care about television or having sheets on the bed, and I've read enough books. And me? Leah prompted. You must have missed me a bit. Ronan looked at her blankly. But you're here. Leah sighed. Point I'm making, she insisted, is that you're happy, and Mam and Da haven't ever seen you properly happy, not the way that you are here, and it's what they want for you, really. They've kind of got used to you being away on a day-to-day level. It's been two years now. The thing that made it difficult was that they didn't know where you were or why you'd left. I think they could accept you being here if they could get their heads around it. Give me your glasses, Ronan said abruptly. It crossed her mind that she should not do this, but she could not remember why. She passed him the glasses and sat patiently, feeling the wind on her face as Ronan tried them on. Trevor said they wouldn't work for anyone else. Yeah, Ronan said, peering through a blur. The prescription's hurting my eyes, but we're genetically similar. There will be a crossover in our biometrics. What the fuck, said the glyph, manifesting visually for the first time since coming to Eldach. Jesus, Ronan exclaimed. Is that meant to look like me? The glyph flickered queasily through a range of versions of Ronan, finally settling on something that resembled him as Leah remembered him more than two years ago. It folded its arms and looked down at him. Was I really that pretentious? Ronan demanded. Leah stifled a snigger. It's based on my perception of you. Ronan looked disgusted. Listen here. Reporting for duty, said the glyph sarcastically. Sir, can your technology work between the worlds? Clearly, or at least there is a potential for it to be adapted. Ronan removed the glasses and handed them back to her. If that's what you thought of me, I'm astonished that you came looking for me at all. It's not usually that obnoxious said Leah, as the world came back into focus. But I'd forgotten how it earwigs in on everything. You can't keep any secrets. Interesting, though. Maybe the device could be reconfigured so that I could use it to talk to Mam and Da. Like a kind of interplanetary Skype? It's the same planet, Ronan said pedantically. How much do these things cost? Leah told him, It's not exactly the money, though. The exact thing that we need hasn't been invented yet. It's emerging technology. Ronan inspected the prototype. I reckon your man Ethan Blake owes us a few favours. Big time. So how about I hold off on murdering him until he's had time to invent something for us? Ronan grinned. You don't really need me anymore, do you?
I will always need you, said Leah. I just don't need you to pick up the pieces quite as often as I used to. They returned to the captain's quarters to find the three she asleep in a drunken heap, snoring loudly. Leah left to find a quieter cabin. Ronan shook Foylon's shoulder until he woke. Hold me, Ronan demanded, lying down beside him. Like this. Foylon clamped him with arms and legs as instructed and fell heavily back to sleep. Ronan's world faded to white. Slipper satin, lime white, off white, old white, light grey, mouse's back, strong white, ammonite, cornforth white, perbeck stone. When they woke, the tide had receded, taking the sharpness of clarity with it. Ronan felt less focused than he had done the night before, but also much less anxious. Ildahuk was taking the sting out of things again. This is why you brought me here, he said, sitting up. When the ship is surrounded by water, I can think more clearly, and I have a better sense of time. Foylon rolled over with a lateral movement of hips and spine that would be entirely impossible in a human body. Partly, he said, but mostly because of the brandy. The brothers feeling no ill effects from the night before, had already been fishing. They lit a fire on the beach and squatted beside it, arguing about how to cook the fish. It was a cold morning, and a soft, wet mist came in from the sea, dampening everything that it touched. Leah warmed her hands at the fire, inhaling the smell of wood smoke and mackerel. The wreck loomed through the mist above them, stained pink by the morning sky. What happens next? Leah asked. I said that I'd stay until Ronan decided where he was going to be, but now that we know he's staying here, I need to get back to my own world. Are we anywhere near a gateway? Aid and Trian glanced at each other in a way that made her think that Ronan's decision had not been a foregone conclusion. There is a gateway, Trian said politely and she. It is a long journey, but we will show you the way. Leah, Ronan said suddenly, you will need money. Leah struggled bravely. There didn't seem to be a lot that she could do about it. No, seriously, the ship is full of gold. Foylon showed me yesterday when we went looking for the brandy. Leah looked at Foylon. Take it, he said. It will be useful to you. We don't set much value on it here. Does your gold work in our world? asked Leah, remembering stories about vanishing fairy gold. It works. She followed him into the lower part of the wreck, where the heavy door that had once guarded the treasure hold now swung open on rusty hinges. The room looked like a smaller version of a dragon's hoard. The canvas bags that had held the gold and silver had disintegrated, leaving the coins in dusty heaps with gold bars stacked around the walls and tangled piles of chains and ornaments that looked like they might have come from a church. Thieves' gold, thought Leah, and was suddenly overcome by gloom. She sat down on a pile of ingots and ran her hands through the coins. Humans are terrible. Foylon squatted beside her, picked up a gold coin and rubbed it between webbed digits. 
the she are no better. We are a devious, murderous species. Our clans are always at war. Our governance is corrupt and our culture depends on slavery. We have not destroyed Ildahak, but that is because we are less creative than you and also because we breed more slowly. He blew the dust from the coin and rubbed it again. Your world will not be poisoned forever and not all the humans will die, but the damage is very deep. It will be many generations before you can start replanting. When that time comes, everything that your world once had is here in Eldahak. Will you live that long? No, said Foylon. It is beyond my lifespan, Ronan's too. He will live much longer than he would in his own world, but neither of us will see its recovery. He leant over and kissed Leah on the forehead. I understand what it is to love a sibling. Thank you for letting him stay. Determined not to cry, Leah stood up and began to fill the leather saddlebags with gold. As Foylon worked with her in the close proximity of the cabin, she realised that he was beginning to smell of marmite. They are becoming each other, she thought. Ronan too, although he doesn't know it yet. <laughs>